Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 through 24. And it says, Jesus went all over Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news about the kingdom, and healing people who had all kinds of disease and sickness. Verse 24, the news about him spread through the whole country of Syria so that people brought to him all those who were sick, suffering from all kinds of diseases and disorders, people with demons and epileptic, epileptics and paralytics, and Jesus healed, hear me, them all. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? I want you to hear the language there. I looked up the word all in Greek, and you know what it means? All. Deep. That was deep, right? That was deep. <laughs> Let's uh, leapfrog to Hebrews chapter 13. Look what it says. This is awesome. It says, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Woo! It's going to be one of those sermons. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know. I've been married six years. And in six years, I've went from 325 pounds eating meat to a 255-pound vegan. I've changed in the last six years, but Jesus Christ never changes. My wife is like, who in the world did I marry? I'm different today. <laughs> but Jesus Christ never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We've been talking on this series, Finding Freedom, and last week we spoke about remaining free through the renewal of the mind remaining free through the renewal of the mind. And I believe that God doesn't want just your mind free. God wants your physical body free. And so I want you to, I want you to shout this title to today's message. It's called God of Miracles. Come on, if you believe in the God of Miracles, give God some praise in this room. We thank you, Lord. We love you. Father, speak this word through me, oh God. Less of me, more of you, none of me, all of you. Let your strength be perfected in my weakness. In Jesus' name we pray and God's people say, amen and amen. God of miracles. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, how many of you parents have noticed that children say the, the darnest things? Amen. Like I love having great conversations with my children. It's absolutely amazing. I've actually had some of them recorded. I wanted to play it for you guys, but we're just going to fast forward through this. Um, but I love conversing with my children. And as they grow up, sometimes you think the conversation is going to get better, but it gets more interesting. You know what I'm talking about? And so uh, uh, just one of these random conversations to give you an example is I'm having a conversation 
with my daughter, nine years old. Man, nine years old. I've been a father for 12 years. My son is 12 years old. But I'm having this important conversation, this important dialogue. And parents, fathers, I want you to pay attention, lean in right now. Or if you plan to be a father, I want you to lean in right now. I'm having this great conversation with my daughter about marriage. We start early. And so, and so, and so I told, I, 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 me, and, me and my daughter have been talking this conversation about, you know, if she gets married, and we've agreed that she will not get married until she's 42 years old. No, I'm just joking. 35. And, and I convinced her that, uh, you know, she has to think hard and long about marriage. And she's like, Daddy, I don't think I'm going to get married. I'm just going to love Jesus for the rest of my life. You know, I love the ladies that say Jesus is my husband. That's just so awesome. Until you're lonely and you need somebody to warm you up. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I was talking to my daughter. I said, Sailor, you're young. You're young. But I want to let you know that when you walk down that aisle, if by chance somehow you get married and you walk down that aisle, I want to be absolutely sure that I will be the man that walks you down. Now I say this, why? Why, Pastor? Well, of course you got no. Because what happens is, is that her mother is married to this other guy, right? I didn't call him his stepfather, but it is whatever. Anyhow. And, and I, was like, I just wanted you to know that I'm going to walk you down the aisle and it cannot be Edwin. All right? It cannot be. And she's like, but daddy, he's my dad too. And I'm like, the devil is a liar. All right? I'm sorry. I'm getting delivered as well, okay? But uh, I'm like, I was like, Sailor, I don't mind him being an amazing man in your life, but he cannot be number one. Okay? I'm number one, two, three, four, and five. He'll be number six. The KRS one of fathers right here. All right? And so... I was trying to convince her and coerce her, coerce her and just get her to believe. And she's like, how about this? And, you know, this just conversation just gets weird because then she's like, Dad, how about this? How about this? How about this? You walk me down the aisle and he'll say the wedding vows. He'll say, I'm like, he's not even a pastor. What are you talking? She's like, then you'll do, you'll do the uh, ceremony and he'll walk me down. I said, the devil is a liar. I will do both. I will walk you down. I will turn around and I say, yes, do you do? Yes, you do? Okay, let's go. I said, I will do both of them. And uh, I finally sat down next to Karina and I was having this conversation with Karina too because I was like, man, this is crazy because I don't want to share this moment with anybody else other than myself. And uh, she was like, you know, how about she walks, he walks, he walks her to you and then you'll walk her down the aisle. I was like, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. I said, I like that. So I text him. I said, hey, bro, I got this right now. I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a really long aisle, and we're going to have a really long lobby. And when Sailor gets married, you're going to walk her to me to the lobby, and I'll take it from there. Your services are no longer needed. And he said, hey, how about we just kidnap the guy and call it a day? I said, amen to that. Let's forget this whole thing. 
But we have interesting conversations. And the very last conversation we were having was about lying. Right? It was about lying. And she was trying to convince me what was a lie and what was not a lie. And I'm like, and then Emmanuel is telling me, you know your daughter has lied to you before. And I'm like, Selah has never lied to me. At least that's, that's what I believe. And I'm, Selah has never, ever lied to me. All the fathers know what I'm talking about. She better not have lied to me. You know what I mean? And so, um, I finally realized that she's lied to me. And, 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 and when we were talking, right, like, B Bishop was like, yeah, you see, I told you, even if it's a white lie, it's still a lie. And I'm like, Sada, that kind of is right. That is kind of a lie. And she was like, she said this. This is where it gets weird. This is what she said. And I, and I wrote this down because I think that this kind of peeks into the mind of humanity, even though we get older. She goes like this, Daddy, it's okay if I lie. I can't be perfect. She's like, Daddy, I can't be perfect. And I said, Selah? You make a good point. But listen, you still can't lie, right? And this was my thought. Like, when I, I started pondering on this thought that Selah's like, it's only a lie. Like, it's okay to lie. I can't be perfect, right? And I thought about this. I said, man, how many times we think about our progress and there's this one thing we still allow in our lives because we say, eh, it's just one thing. I can't be perfect. It's just this one little issue. I mean, look, I got, I got, I don't, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. I get all this done, but there's this one little thing. I can't be perfect. And I just came to tell you today that there are things that have been removed from your path, but many times we want enough, just enough freedom to keep us from going to the past, but not enough freedom to propel us to our future. And so, like, we're 99% free, but we still got that 1% that we are struggling with. And God says, listen, I don't want anything to get in the way of you doing everything that I've called you to do. I don't want anything getting in the way of all that it is that I have for your life. There is nothing that's going to get in your way. And I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but if the sea couldn't stop Moses, if the wall couldn't stop Joshua, if the giant couldn't stop David, if a lion couldn't stop Daniel, if the fiery furnace couldn't stop Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and if death couldn't stop Jesus, I came to tell you there is nothing, oh come on, there is nothing that's going to get in the way of what God has for you. God didn't just call you to be 80% free, he called you to be 100% free, and there is this reality, there is this awareness that you have when you are walking in freedom. It's at another level. You just, like you're right here and you're like, oh my God, it's amazing living off the ground. It is amazing. And yes, in comparison, you look at the ground and you're at step one and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I could live right here forever because over here it was terrible. But God now brings you here and God is saying, wait, that's just level one. See, but when you go where God has called you to be, you start realizing that if you just settled for level one, it was like staying in the ground in the first place. And so, so, so what? You're not addicted to this anymore. Oh, at least I'm not addicted. 
That doesn't mean just, oh, I'm not in Egypt anymore. But that doesn't mean you're in the promised land. And so many of God's people are so content living in the wilderness simply because they're no longer in Egypt. But God is saying, no, I have a promised land for your life. And Jesus in the New Testament puts it this way. He says, I have come to give you a full life. But look at the word that he uses. He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in by way of the gate will be sozo. That's the Greek word for salvation. Those, those that come in the gate will be saved. Now this word sozo just doesn't mean saved. It means saved, delivered, and healed. So when God says that when you walk in through the gate, you're going to be saved, he's not saying that you're just simply going to be saved from eternal damnation. He's saying you're going to be saved, you're going to be delivered, and you're going to be healed. Now look at this, to make thoroughly whole. What is he saying? He's saying, I want every single nook and cranny in your life to be complete. Not just the obvious parts, not just the workable, functional parts. I want to be able to look in that area in your life where the cobwebs used to be, where no one was permitted, and I want to check that area again and see that it is thoroughly complete. And so Jesus comes to give us life and life in all its fullness. How many want the life in all its fullness? And so God just, just doesn't want to give you salvation. God just doesn't. See, many times we believe that there's the God of salvation. There's the God of redemption. There's the God of provision. But I want to let you know today that there is a God of miracles that is still among us. That there is a God of miracles that's still among us. And he wants you healed spirit, mind, and body. Because the Bible says that he bore your illnesses. He bore your sicknesses. And God didn't come so that you can simply be saved and walk in misery while you're on earth. God came to save you and rescue you to heaven. But also he wants you to experience the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Now, how many of you know someone who's experienced illness? Here's where you participate. You can participate here. How many of you someone that needs physical healing? Now, now, here's where it gets tricky because I think many times when we ask the question, well, is it God's will for me to be healed? If we were, if we were being real today, we, we'd ask that question, well, is it, is it God's will? Does God really want me sick? And some have even said that maybe the reason that you are sick is because God has punished you. I find it interesting all the time when people say, well, it might not be, like I've, I've conversed with people and they'd be like, well, it might not be God's will for me to be healed. It might not be God's will because if, if he would've, I would have been healed already. It might not be God's will that I'm, I'm healed. Well, if, not, if it's not God's will, hear me, if it's not God's will for you to be healed, then you shouldn't be going to the doctor because then you're going against God's will. They, they, you're in disobedience, my man. You're going to see the doctor trying to get healed. When you're saying it's God's will for you not to be healed. 
Amen? And so here's what I want to do today, and, and here's what I want to do. I want to draw these parallels because I think we have faith to believe that God forgives sins, but not enough faith to believe that God heals our sicknesses. And I want to show you that to God, it's all the same. And so I want to draw these parallels together. And so write this down. Number one, Jesus saves us from all sin. This is the parallel I want to draw. And he heals us of all sickness. Jesus saves us of all our sin, but he also heals us of all our sickness. God did not, God's will is not for you to be walking around. Can I say this freely? God's will is not for you to be walking around sick. Is it God's will for all men to be saved? Absolutely. And it's also God's will for all to be healed. And, and this, is, this is the Bible. This is the, this is the, I'm just going to read scripture to you. We're not going to even preach today. I'm just going to read scripture. Exodus chapter 23 to 25. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. We believe that. And he'll take sickness away from among you. Whew. Look, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 15. The Lord will protect you from what? Some sicknesses. Some. No. All sicknesses. Look what Luke chapter 4, verse 17 says. Now this is Jesus now. And look what he says. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me and he has chosen me to tell the good news to the poor. We believe that. He sent me to tell prisoners that they are free and tell the blind they can see. He, he, what, what is he saying? I got an announcement to make. I'm a savior, but I'm also a healer. I'm a savior, but I'm also a healer. And I think many times if we were honest, it's so easy to believe that God can forgive our sins. But is it, is it just me or is it, have we found it more difficult to believe that God can heal our sicknesses? It's just like I can forgive, what God, I can believe that God can do something on the inside, but I can't believe God enough for, to see someone who's physically ill be healed. Look what Matthew chapter 4, 23 says. Like I said, we're going to read a lot of scripture today. Jesus went all over Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news about the kingdom. And healing people who had all kinds of disease and sickness. Hear this. What did he do? He went around healing people that were sick, people that had diseases, but he went around preaching. Now watch this. The preaching preceded the acts of miracles. Why? Because he's saying, listen, I know that if I can, if I can place some, some, some word in your life, you're going to be able to respond. Now, they go hand in hand. Many times we preach the message of salvation, but it's not accompanied with God's power. And God is saying, no, what you don't understand is that they go hand in hand. I'm not calling you just to be internally free. I'm calling you to walk in the fullness of your capability even as a human being. Preaching the good news of the, king, uh, of the kingdom. The only time someone was not healed in front of Jesus was when they didn't believe that Jesus was the healer. The only time that someone was not healed in the Bible when they came in front of Jesus was when they didn't believe that Jesus 
was the healer. See, they believed that he was a lot of other things, but they didn't believe that he was the healer. See, they believed that he was the carpenter. See, that's why you can't stand in the middle when it comes with Jesus. Because Jesus was either Lord, he was a liar, or he was a lunatic. Because of the things that he would say about himself sounded crazy unless he was what he said he was. Picture me walking around saying, I am God. Pastor Roe has lost it. But Jesus said he was God and he showed who he was, which is God. See, the only, that's the only time. Now look what it says. It says, the news about him spread. The news about him spread. The news about him spread. Thank you, sir. I was roasting here like a vegan patty. The whole country of Syria, so that the people brought to him all those who were sick, suffering from all kinds of diseases. Now fast forward, and Jesus healed them all. It says the news about him spread. Did you catch this? Did you catch this? Did you catch this? Church of God. Do you want to see Staten Island transform? Then the news about Jesus needs to be spread. But here's the, here's the deal. It needs to be accompanied with power. I, I, it's not just going to be pastoral. It's not just going to be the leaders. I dare you that when you walk out of this place when there's someone with a headache. Hey, can I pray for you for a second? Hey, 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 oh, you're sick? Let me pray for you for a moment because the news of Jesus spread, but it wasn't about him being the savior. It was about him being the healer. And sometimes you need to introduce to people the healer before you introduce to them the savior, because I bet you someone will follow the person that has healed their life. Come on. If someone that, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, listen, I not only forgive sins, I heal sicknesses. Where did this happen? It happened on the cross. And in the cross, he didn't just take your punishment, he took your pain. He didn't just take eternal destruction, he took your earthly diseases. He says, come, let me, let me show you, let me show you, let me show you this guy that healed me. I was blind, but now I see. Let me, let me show you this guy. I was, a, I was a leper, but now look at my skin. Let me show you this guy that I couldn't walk, and now I can walk, and now I can see. Let me show you that I couldn't hear, but now I can hear. I think that when we see God's power demonstrated on God's people, God's people can walk out of these walls and begin to declare the kingdom of God is at hand. And why? Because God's power is being manifested. Look what it says here in Matthew chapter 18 as we continue. It says, that evening several demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. Catch this. And when he spoke a single word, all the demons fled. We believe all this. And all the sick were healed. It's just, it's, so, it's extraordinary to me when I read about Jesus' life. And I see the totality of his work. I see that he... He leaves the nine for the one. I see the, the completion, like Jesus doesn't do things haphazard. Have you noticed that about Jesus? Like Jesus doesn't say, I'm going to heal some. He says, I'm going to heal all. He doesn't say, I'm going to choose who I'm going to heal. He says, I'm going to heal all. He doesn't say, I'm just going to heal the ones that pray and fast. He says, no, I'm going to heal all. He doesn't say, I'm just going to heal those that are in the synagogue. He says, no, I'm going to heal all. Oh, he doesn't say, I'm just going to heal the deserved. No, I'm going to heal 
all. I'm going to heal the deserved and the undeserved. I'm going to heal those that go to church every day and those that don't. I'm going to heal everyone. There's a, to- there's a complete, a completion of Jesus' language and Jesus' work. This is why Isaiah says, now this is what I wanted you to catch. Again, as I parallel these two ideas that Jesus forgives sins, but he also heals our sickness. Isaiah is before Christ. And this is what Isaiah says. He says, for sure he took himself our troubles and carried our sorrows. Yet we thought of him as being punished and hurt by God and made to suffer. But he was hurt for our wrongdoings. He was crushed for our what? Everybody say it. He was crushed for what? He was crushed for our sins. We believe that. He was punished so that we would have peace. He was beaten so that we would be healed. So that we would be healed. Now watch this. It says, all of us like sheep have gone the wrong way and the Lord has put on him the sin of us all. Do you see the correlation between healing and forgiveness? This is Isaiah. He's saying... He's prophesying the cross something like five to seven hundred years before. And he's saying that our sin was placed on him, but our sickness was also placed on him. Now this is before the cross. Now Peter comes after the cross, and look what Peter says. He quotes Isaiah. But look at the way he quotes Isaiah. He says he carried our sins in his own body when he died on the cross. In doing this... We may be dead to sin and alive to that is right and good. His wounds have healed you. He, He doesn't say that you would be healed. This is Isaiah. Isaiah is saying, he says, he says, when he dies, all those sins are placed on, but, but you will be healed. Peter quotes Isaiah. He says, let me tell you about that prophecy. Because when he died on the cross, you have been healed. Listen to me. You are not going to be healed now today. You were already healed 2,000 years ago. Today you're just going to receive the manifestation of the healing that took place 2,000 years ago. Come on, is anybody believing in this house that we serve a God that is not only Savior, but he's healer? And so how do we, how do we receive our healing? How do we receive our healing? Psalms chapter 103 says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his acts of kindness. He forgives, here it is again, what does that say? All are, all my sins, and he what? He heals. He he forgives. Why is it that I can believe that God can forgive all my sins? But here, he lines it up together. He's saying God can forgive all your sins, and we have faith in that. But here he says, why are you just believing half the verse? Ooh! Why, why are we just believing? Uh, listen, I'm preaching this to you, but I'm preaching this to me because I want to walk in all the power that God has made available to me. And there's some things, listen, there's some things, there's some things in your life that you're waiting on God to do, and God is saying, I've already empowered you to do it. God is saying, you're asking me for more, and I've given it to you all. 
I'm just waiting for you to use the all that I've given you. So what is, what is this message saying? He could forgive your sins, but he could heal my diseases. What does that mean? That God can forgive your porn addiction, but he can also cure your cancer. It, it means that God can forgive your cheating husband, but he also can cure you of diabetes. God could heal the curses that have come down through your family line, but he's, he can also cure you of scoliosis. <laughs> See, God can set you free from your addiction, but he can also get rid of a common cold. <laughs> I said he can forgive all my sins, but he can also heal all my diseases. This is why in Matthew, 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 let's go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 2. This is, this is an incredible story, and I've, I've preached on this, I've taught on this, and I just, I, I saw this, nothing like I've seen it before, and, it, and, it, and it's a story, and essentially these four band of brothers, they say, hey man, listen, our man, our man right here, he's, they call him hip-hop because he couldn't walk, and so, that was meant to be funny, but maybe it shouldn't have been. Anyhow, let's get him to Jesus. Let's get him to Jesus. Now watch this, watch this. Because they didn't get him to Jesus so that his sins could be forgiven. They, they said, hey, this man's lame. He can't walk. Let's pick him up. Let's bring him over to Jesus. Now they brought him to the house of Jesus. Now watch this. The Bible says that the house was so packed, they could not bring him in through the doors. And so they climbed. Now look at this dedication and this determination. I want to insert something real quick. We get so discouraged when people say, when people deny our request to go to church. We get so discouraged. Oh, I don't invite them anymore because, um, I don't invite them because, you know, they say no. This man couldn't walk. Then they say, hey, you want to go to church? They say, we're bringing you to church. And they pick him up. They bring him to church. The church is packed. They can't go inside. They say, we're going to make a hole on the roof and lure him. Do you see that dedication? Now they bring him in before Jesus. Now watch this. Jesus then looks at him. Look at his words. Look at Jesus' words. They let him down. They let down the bed with the sick man on it. And when Jesus saw their faith, notice he didn't see the man's faith. Whose faith did he see? Their faith. Sometimes the people around you, their salvation is dependent on your faith. Because sometimes you need to have enough faith for the people that are around you that don't have enough faith. Watch this, watch this. He said to the sick man, he said to who? Notice he doesn't say he said to the sinner. He said, he said to the sick man who could not move his body, get up and walk. Did he say that? No. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, I don't know, but when I go, 
when I go to buy a bar, you know, you know, buy a bar, they got the smoothies. I expect to get a smoothie. I don't expect to get steak and eggs. Here you have this man coming to Jesus for healing, but what he gets is forgiveness. Son, your sins are forgiven. Some teachers of the law were sitting there, and they thought to themselves, why does this man speak like this? He is speaking as he is God. Who can forgive sins? Only one can forgive sins, and that is God. Look what it continues to say. And at once, Jesus knew the teachers of the law were thinking this, and he said to them, why do you think this in your hearts? Which is who? This is so good. I'm going to buy this tape when I. Which is easier to say to the sick man? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your bed, and start to walk? He says, what, what's easier? What's easier for me to do? What's easier for me to do? Oh, my God, this is so good. I am doing this. Watch this. So you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, get up and take your bed and go home. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, listen, the same way you can believe I can forgive sins is the same way you can believe that I can heal your body. The same way you think it's hard for you to believe that this man's sins are forgiven. Let me show you the proof that this man's sins are forgiven. Because I am God and what comes out of me is always good. And I can forgive your sins, every single one of them. And I can heal every sickness that has tried to come against your life. Why? It's all the same thing to me. And so what I want to encourage you to believe today is the same way your sins are forgiven is the same way your sickness is healed. How do you receive your, how do you receive your healing then? The same way you received your forgiveness. The same way you receive your forgiveness is the same way you receive your healing. Well, Pastor Roy, I don't, I, don't I don't know if it's God's will. I don't, I don't know if I don't have enough faith. I don't know if, if it's me. Maybe I'm still doing something wrong. And, well, how did you receive your salvation? Did you receive your salvation by your, by your faith? No. You received it by grace, through faith. Pastor Roy, what does that mean? Can we put uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10? 9 and 10, it says, for it is by God's grace you have been sozo. It is by God's grace you have been sozo through faith. Now, I want you to capture the difference because many times we think we don't have enough faith. And sometimes it's not the amount of faith that you possess. It's what your faith is connected to that matters. Because if your faith is connected to something other than God's grace, then you'll always depend on you to solve your problems. But if my faith is connected to God's grace, then I can also see the same way I was saved by grace, it's a gift from God through faith, then I can also be healed by grace through 
faith. Is anybody ready to believe that God is a healer? My second point is this. Jesus wants to heal you. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. It's this. Jesus wants to heal you. In Mark chapter 1, there's a man there in verse 40. And it says, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. Did you... I want you to capture the picture. This man comes to Jesus. He says, please, please heal me. Please heal me. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him. And he says, I'm willing. I want to tell you today that God wants to heal you. Pastor Roy, if God wanted to heal me, I would have been healed already. Pastor Roy, I don't even know if God wants to heal me anymore. I've been dealing with this sickness for too long. And I want to say to you this, is that in the same, why does God want to heal you? How do I know he wants to heal you? The same reason I know that God wants to heal you is because it's the same reason he saves you. Does God want you saved? Absolutely. And so in that I know, well, if God wants to save me, then I know God wants to heal me. Because the same reason he wants to heal me is the same reason he saved me. And if that's this, that he's moved with compassion. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And on that cross he took my sin, but he also took my sickness. He's moved with compassion. And watch this. The Bible says that he touches him. He touches him. Now we think that he's touching him like he got the cooties like. But this in the Greek, in the original language, this word touch means embrace. And he says, am I willing? Am I willing? See, if you were sick back in the day, you were considered unclean. So if you were considered unclean, you could not be touched. Jesus says, I'm not just going to touch you. I'm going to embrace all your sickness. Jesus says, listen, listen, the same way I opened up my arms and, and I took all your sin. It's the same way I opened up my arms and I bear all your diseases. You weren't meant to carry all that sickness in your life. You weren't meant to deal with all these problems in your life. God says, I've taken them on the cross. Because when God comes in contact with sin, sin becomes salvation. When God comes in contact with bondage, you are set free. When God comes in contact with sickness and disease, it has to go because you are healed. When God comes in contact with hatred, love has to take over. When God comes in contact with chaos, peace has to abound and when God comes in contact with your sickness, your disease, your pain, your ailment, healing takes place because God's clean is more powerful than your unclean and God's power to heal is so much more powerful than any sickness and disease that you can ever bring to him. 
You may not deserve to receive healing, but God still desires to release it. And so who is healing for? Healing's for everyone. Luke chapter 6, verse 17. When they came from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on the large levels and surrounded by many of the followers and by the crowds. And there were people from all over Judea, from, Israel, uh, from Jerusalem, and from afar off. Look at the picture. They're coming from everywhere. They had come to hear him and to what? And to be healed of their diseases. And those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed this is not just for some this is not for the super spiritual listen what choice did Lazarus have what participation did he have in the tomb what faith did he have as a dead man why was Lazarus resurrected? Because Jesus loved him. How super spiritual was Lazarus in his grave? How super spiritual was the, was the, the funeral procession? God, if you would have been here, if you would have been here. And he says, man, I've never seen such lack of faith. He says, I'm crying. But, but why? Because it's not about your faith. It's about what your faith is connected to. And if your faith is connected to God's grace, then guess what? You are a proper recipient to receive healing. You know what you need to know? You know what you need to have to be healed? You need to be sick. And anything else? What else? Uh, okay, what do I need to do? I need to fast. I need to pray. No, you just need to be sick. And when your sickness come in contact with God's grace, you'll be healed. Luke chapter, watch this, Luke chapter 4, the sun went down that evening. People throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their disease were, the touch of his hand healed. The touch of his hand healed everyone. Mark chapter 1, verse 32. In the evening as the sun went down, the people took all who were sick to Jesus, they took those who had demon, demons to him. Who is healing for? It's for you. It's for you, Christ Uncensored. It's for you, Kuha. And so here's what we're going to do right now. I, I believe that right now, God's going to heal our bodies. So here's what I'm believing for. If you walked in here with any disease, God's going to heal you today. If you walked in here with any physical pain, God's going to heal you today. If you walked in here with any sickness, God's going to heal you today. My son, my son, the other day he had a, he had a headache a week ago. He had a headache, and we're driving, and he's like, Dad, I got a headache. I got a headache. I said, why don't you pray and ask the Lord to heal you? And he goes like this. He says, okay, I'm going to pray. You remember, Bishop, we were in the car driving. And he goes, he goes, I'm going to pray. I didn't pray for him. He just tapped into God's grace. 
And he says, God, can you heal me right now? Literally, one minute later, he goes, Dad, I don't feel it anymore. He goes, I don't feel it anymore. It's gone. And I said, that's the God we serve. He goes, wait a minute. It's that easy? You mean to tell me that I can just ask God and God will do it? See, because his faith was unwavered. Why? Because it was connected to God's grace. I remember they diagnosed me with an illness that they didn't know what it was. They diagnosed me with that illness. This is what they told me. Mr. Remedios, you're going to deal with this for the rest of your life. That's what the doctor told me. The doctor told me, you're going to deal with this sickness in your stomach for the rest of your life. Here's how you can manage it. Here's how you can deal with it. Here, how's your... They told Lisa she's going to deal with... What was that sickness called? What, the illness you had. Alopecia. Look at that set of hair on her. I'm just saying. Show them your curls, baby. Show them your curls. They diagnosed me with that stomach, and they said, you are going to deal with this for the rest of your life, Mr. Remedios. And I said, Lord, you took away my sins. And if you took away my sins, you can take away this diagnosis that the doctor just gave me. And for seven days, I began to pray for my stomach. I said, in the name of Jesus, by his stripes, I am healed. In the name of Jesus, by his stripes. And I began visualizing my healing. I began visualizing my intestines functioning the way they were supposed to function. I began praying for them. I began declaring that they're going to come in order. And let me tell you something. The pain that I was dealing with for six entire months was excruciating. So much so that I would say to myself, man, I wouldn't wish this pain on nobody and in seven days I was completely healed he's the God of miracles I said he's the God of miracles and here's what we want to do today we want you to come and receive your healing today I want you to join me on this altar right now we're not going to do anything fancy just get up on your feet real quick we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.